3: My name is Father Richard Kunst. I'm here with Cindy Jennings, my co-host, and we are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota at the St. James Campus of Stella Maris Academy, and you are listening to Real Presence Live, just like that introduction said. Cindy, good morning. Great.
2: Good morning. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, it
3: is still Merry Christmas. All right, so as we always start, I'm going to start with a little prayer, so let us bow our heads. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, be with us this morning. Inspire our Listeners and our guests, and inspire the hosts in this radio show that all things are done for your greater glory. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, I just have a little bit, a little item of business, Cindy, I have to take care of before we get into the show. Is that um, one of my week, uh, a weekday mass go- go- goer? I mean, he's been coming here lately, uh, a former person of mine, John Herberts from St. Ben's. I've actually heard John on the call in segment on a, um, a Straight Talk in the past. He asked me to do a shout out to Lydia Emmy. Elena and Davin, or Davin, Davin, I think. Uh, U of M, U of Mary, Bismarck students that are traveling right now, seven hours to go back to school, and so travel safe. U four, and uh, thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. I'm assuming you're listening to Real Presence Live. I know that John is John Herberts.
2: Well, there'll be a test. He'll ask them if they listened.
3: Yeah, and if I pronounce those <laughs> names correctly. So, uh, how was Christmas?
2: It was good. How was New Year's? It was good. All right, well, good. That's good. For you, it's different. Like, mine was the same, I feel. It was the same for me, too. the same work. kind of thing. Yes, When you're a
3: priest, it's all work.
2: No. no, 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 no. You didn't go to Rome this year, so yours oh, was much, much that's different. True. That's true. I, I will say that. I saw you at every Mass, and so that, that was weird.
3: That was depressing. I, this is like the first time in 15 years that I did not go to Rome right after Christmas, so I will say that I was depressed. For, How'd you get
2: through um, it? Are you getting better? I'm not done yet.
3: I'm not done yet. I'm still working on it. Okay. So uh, anyhow, we got a good show ahead of us. We got only a couple of guests, but they're going to be two great guests. And uh, you know that shout out that we just had to those kids going off to college is very appropriate. Um, uh, uh, inroad to our first guest, Bryn Hauer. Bryn, welcome to Real Presence Live.
4: Thank you for having me here today. It's
3: good to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
4: So I am a junior college student at Scholastica in Duluth. Um, I am a psychology major, a gerontology minor. And um, I plan to go to grad school for occupational therapy. Nice. Um, I was born in Canada, and wow. we lived as a family in Switzerland and overseas for a long time because mm-hmm. my dad was playing hockey. And so special thing about that is we went to a lot of different masses, and we engaged in a lot of different cultures. So we went to like Swiss German, Swiss French masses. And, um, but the really cool thing is that the constant was always the Catholic faith, no matter where we went. The Catholic faith was always something we could go to, and find a church for it. Um, so, if you were if you were
3: born in Canada, does that mean that you can't be a U.S. president?
4: Yes, that's that is true. I you cannot that, be. Yeah. Uh, wait, I I thought that if
3: you were born of two Americans, you were an American citizen, weren't you?
4: Yeah, but I I don't think you can be if you're. Well, maybe it matters because I'm think, not a I dual think, citizen. Right. I'm just. Yeah. I so think, maybe I, I think could, could be. be. So anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, that's not in my plans. I don't okay, think. Right. But um, <laughs> it's a fun question. <laughs> Yeah. Um
3: so, okay, so you go to a Catholic college now, Saint yes, scholastica. Yep. All right. And and your degrees are you want to be occupational therapy? Yes. And so say what your major Psychology minor, major. And your minor? Minor
4: is gerontology.
3: Gerontology. So you yes. like old people. So this is comfortable for you right now.
4: <laughs> I do. I, I love elderly people and I think that there's there's a need for people to take care of them with dignity and the respect that they deserve. Right. Yeah. Right. And the psychology major it really it's a major that works with a lot of things, but it's important to understand the mind and how to work with different people, um, in basically every profession.
3: And so you were brought up in a firm Catholic family, you practicing Catholic. And so, I mean, you go to a Catholic college right here in Duluth. I'm assuming that you were saying, well, I'm going to go to a Catholic college. Everything's going to be okay. Right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, that was one of my main reasons I stayed in Duluth. I wanted to go to a Catholic college. It was never a question, But, um, I looked at a couple other Catholic colleges. I looked at Franciscan, but it is so far away and I love being close to my family. So Scholastica was always on my mind. And when I got accepted, I knew that was what I wanted to do because my Catholic faith is important. And even though I moved five minutes away, it was still a time for me to be independent in my faith and to kind of jump in on my own and find my way to mass and find my way to confession and adoration and keep going to things. But, um, there are challenges in no. Catholic school, too. Why
3: don't you say a little bit about that? What, what are some of the challenges that you face? Because, I mean, the second is yeah. basically it's like remaining Catholic as a college student.
4: Yeah, so more and more colleges are becoming more secular, and even the Catholic colleges are becoming more secular. They're not really based in the truths of the church. Um, it seems as though... Uh, they kind of use the values as kind of a checkoff. You know, they speak about the Catholic values to begin with on the first weekend, but then they don't really work into every class, which is what I thought it would be like. I thought that we would learn how to live our faith and how to live our faith through our future jobs. Um, And I think the other thing is that most, I mean, some professors are not Catholic, I have a handful that are, but a lot of them aren't. And, you know, in the theology department, they aren't. So there's times where you'll sit in class and you'll be hearing things that aren't true to the faith. And it's kind of like, you know, you're teaching a Catholic college theology class and they're not sharing truths. And so there's a lot of challenge in sitting in a classroom where, you know, you are a Catholic traditional student and you have to be strong in that identity to stand up for the church, even you know, if the professor does not believe in that.
2: So when that is going on and it kind of goes against the Catholic faith, do you stand up and say anything? Are you kind of are you more vocal? So about it, my freshman year, I was very hesitant. Um,
4: but something I did do is I went to every one of my professors and made like a personal meeting with them to explain who, how I identify and who I am as a child of God because my Catholic faith comes first, and I wanted to let them know that my Catholic faith is how I think. And so every assignment, every project I do will be with my Catholic faith. And so, um, I speak up usually more in a smaller group just because you can get a little bit more intimate and people don't attack as easily when it's in a big class, people kind of start, you know, teaming up and you get the negative looks and the negative comments. But, um, I, yeah, I, I've been strong in my faith and I've spoken up and you just have to be ready because people want to argue. So you kind of have to be ready with the facts to I support love that it.
2: though. I love that your psychology is really coming into play here. You're so smart about how you approach it. Cause most people wouldn't think like that. You know, they would just blah, spit it out, you know, like just re- refuse to, um, and just look more argumentative instead yeah. of trying to be small group. And yeah. so I love that. And with the Catholic faith, you you want
4: to love the person and not fight them, but just kind of argue, I guess, with what they're saying because it's false. But you still need to love the person because they are a child of God, too, even if they're not practicing it. Now,
3: you know, I mean, the the thing that you mentioned about how uh, even the Catholic colleges can be more and more secular, this has been a long time thing. It's not anything new. You know, I remember a quote, and I'm going I'm to butcher the quote, but uh, paraphrasing Fulton Sheen, Fulton Sheen said, if you want your kids to remain Catholic, send them to a public school. If you want them to lose their faith, send them to a Catholic school. Why do you think Sheen said that?
4: Yeah, I. it's really hard to pinpoint that. But um, I think that in the Catholic schools, they want this idea of welcoming. And I know with Scholastica, we want to welcome all people. And I think there's this big idea of diversity and diversity is so beautiful in the world. Like people were made uniquely by God for a reason, but diversity in the Catholic truths is not a beautiful thing. And so I think that the Catholic faith is kind of at like my school is kind of tugging with this, you know, diversity of thoughts and welcoming people, but they're not sticking to the foundation of the truths of the church. I think that's a good
3: point. The, the other thing that um, uh, I think that Sheen was getting at, and maybe you you alluded to this already, just maybe speak a little bit more to it, is that, that you'll have these Catholic professors, or even non-Catholics, but they're teaching in a Catholic school. You're a freshman coming in, coming from a strong Catholic family, and they're teaching you things that would seem contrary to what the church is teaching. And so then I think that lots of young people coming into college, it's like, I'm at a Catholic school, and they're teaching something that makes me question my Catholic faith. Therefore, if I if I'm immersed in this for a long enough time, I'm going to start lose that believing faith. it. Right?
4: Yeah, I think that's one of the things too. Um, you have to be strong in your faith um, because y- you want to obviously listen to your professors and respect them, but they see themselves as the authority. And if you hear them being wrong, you have to be strong, and they kind of do push their values and their beliefs that are fa- false at some points, but you have to be strong too. And let's face it, a
3: Catholic, a, uh, not even a uh, uh, an adult college professor is going to have a much more developed argument than a kid coming in from high school.
4: Yeah. And you know? you're, you're a freshman and right. you're young and you're new and it's scary to be in a classroom like that. But I think what's helped me most is to tell them how I identify and what the faith I am in, because, then they understand why I think the way I do.
2: And they're usually a little bit more How understanding. How is that, like, when you went in to talk to them, how did they react to your...
4: Yeah, I had a pretty bad experience my freshman year with one of my um, freshman courses called Dignitas. It was supposed to be about the Benedictine values. And I told her I was Catholic, and she said, Well, you know, you must be super sheltered then, you know, and you must feel forced. And I told her, I'm not sheltered at all, actually. Um, I've lived in so many places, and I've seen so many different cultures. I, I know the world, and I profess my faith because I've chosen to. And through confirmation, that was one of the biggest things that changed my faith um, with the choice to be a Catholic was confirmation. And that's when I said yes to the church on my own. And I choose to say yes every day. I think that's the great thing about the faith is it's dynamic and you have to choose every day to be strong in your faith.
2: How'd she respond to that? Was she pretty... She was pretty stunned.
4: Yeah. I I mean... mean, It has to be because you're so smart and it's... I just, I didn't want her to step on me or my family because I'm so grateful for the way that my parents raised me and the way that they know their faith and they've lived their life with their faith. And so I didn't really have a problem to stand up for it just because she was stepping on my family and some values i believe in
3: so as a a kid going into school and i mean i like the idea maybe to explore a little bit more what you're talking about right now is that you wanted to get those professors that you were going to have get to know you and so you you did you you initiated to have a meeting with each one of them yeah
4: i made a meeting pretty much the first week at the first day if i was able to But I wanted them to know the way I think, because with um, college, there's a lot of times that professors will give assignments and kind of word them in the direction that they want you to write the assignment in. And so I knew that I was going to be writing a lot of contrasting ideas. And so I told them that. And I said, I think with my theology and the way I believe. And so you're going to see me going against a lot of what you say, just because I'm not going to accept Your truth when it's not the truth of the church. And so I thought that it was really important to tell them that because um, then it doesn't really give them the chance to grade you because of what they believe in.
3: So with the the exception of that one bad experience that you had, was the other experiences in doing that helpful, do you think?
4: Yeah, totally. Um, I had a lot of professors my freshman year that were not Catholic, but were so interested in learning from me. And I'm not extremely vocal like a lot of the times just because I'm not a super extrovert but when it comes to faith like I want to teach and I want to like be with people and learn from them and so a lot of my professors said yeah we're not on the same page about faith but it's so amazing how you like you made everyone feel comfortable in the class but you brought a new view because the view of the world now is kind of you know the majority view at college is not exactly my view so I was able to bring that. I in. would
3: have to. I would have to think that you were disarming to some of these professors because here we have a kid. Probably in their experience, they probably didn't have too many students come in and say, "Okay, this is who I am." Just so you know, you know, and kind of set them on, uh, you know, and an understanding where you're at. I can't imagine they had that happen to them more than a few times in their careers. Would be my guess.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of them appreciated it, and some of them probably were like, "Whoa." <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this to be in my class, but
3: did any did any of them think of, think that you were being somewhat aggressive?
4: No, because I said it very respectfully. But I said I'm passionate in my faith, so yeah. you know you could take it as aggressive, but it's me being passionate to stand up for what I believe in. And, what, we're, and we're, when you do we're, it right, we're,
3: it, we're, we're, we're speaking yeah. we're speaking with uh, Bryn Hauer about uh, being Catholic in a Catholic college or just in college in general. And we'll get more to this conversation with Bryn after this break.
0: Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with an end-of-year gift planning tip. With the the end-of-the-year approaching, a charitable gift can help you support our mission and receive tax benefits. In addition to gifts of cash, here is a gift strategy worth considering. Gifts of appreciated assets such as securities or real estate are an excellent way for you to help our cause. Securities may be transferred directly to us while real estate is transferred through a deed. These gifts will not affect your cash flow, and they provide the following tax benefits. A charitable deduction to help you save on taxes, a bypass of federal and state capital gains taxes, and an avoidance of tax on net investment income. To learn more about these strategies and the benefits of making an end of your gift, Please call or visit our website today at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get
1: started. Hello, this is Craig Dyke. I'm the director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Rapid City. My experience with Catholic radio is uh, takes place when I'm driving around. It's a it's a big diocese. So I, I have a lot of time in the in the the truck and I'm driving around and I'll turn on Catholic radio. And almost every time I listen to Catholic radio, I hear something that I need to hear. Uh, whether it's, it's apologetics or evangelization or family life or it's related to uh, my job in youth ministry, young adult ministry, there's always something that will, will strike my heart. It's as if God knew what I needed to hear that day. Uh, so I am grateful for the presence of Catholic radio here within our diocese couldn't say say anything better about Catholic radio other than just listen to it open your heart to it and uh, God will speak to you in many ways you're listening to real presence live now back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area
3: heard right here on the RPR network Good morning. Just like the canned introduction just said, you're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunst. I'm here with Cindy Jennings. We're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We've been talking to Bryn Hauer about remaining Catholic in college campuses, whether it's a Catholic campus or or a secular campus. And so um, uh, uh, it's been a, it's been a great conversation uh, so far. Bryn. you're doing great. She's a little nervous, just so that you listeners know that, but she's doing great. You would never know that. Uh, so now, you know, I mean, one of the things that you're you're in your hometown. You know a lot of a lot of people go to college, or they go they want to get away from the family. You know you want to stay with the family and your in your community. Maybe speak a little bit about how uh, how does the local Catholic community help support you in your Catholic identity as a college student?
4: Yeah, uh, so that was one of the biggest reasons I stayed home was my parish, my family parish is so important to me, and I feel like I've made so many friends and kind of second parents and second grandparents and a lot of people that I feel close to in the parishes. But also um, the Newman Center at UMD has been a huge, huge support for me to find Catholic college students um, because there is a Newman Center at Scholastica. That's Father
3: Mike Schmitz, famously. Yes, Father yep. Mike Schmitz.
4: Yep. He's amazing. Um, but, you know, you just have to find where you feel fruitful and where you feel like you can serve God and Finding college students that are Catholic really support the way. And, um, yeah, and I I have a lot of priests in this diocese that I appreciate. Father Rich has really helped me um, in school. A couple assignments he's helped me with. And
3: and she failed each of them, just so you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did great on them. Thanks to Father Rich. No, he really helped me. But, yeah, so it's just there's so much support in my home and I, I call it my two homes, my home that I live in, but also my family parish. And so that's really close to my heart.
3: Your your parents obviously brought you up and to be active within the Catholic faith. And I don't think a lot of kids probably get that when they go off to college you may maybe not have that same type of experience. So I'm assuming just the upbringing, how your parents engrossed you into the local Catholic community was how that started.
4: Yes. Um, I love doing anything for my church. I love volunteering for my church. I just love being with people and seeing how I can change their lives. And I really I really suggest going out into the community anywhere you are to support places that need help and to volunteer and um yeah, just get out.
3: So okay, let's let's just assume that there are some well we know that there's some college students that are that are listening in. Uh what if what would you say what would you recommend to a college student listening in that that is a Catholic and feels lost in their college? How how would you give them guidance?
4: Yeah, so I would first, when you get to your college, try and find the Catholic Center. Um, That's where I started, um, and I met a few people, and once you meet some people at your college, like students, you start seeing them in your classes, and you can really strengthen each other to support each other to speak up in those tough times. Um, But also, finding just in the community. I mean, if you try and go to different parishes, um, it's really special when they see college students, um, being active in their parish, they really appreciate that. So, yeah. So,
3: so, okay. Do you, do you have a sense No, at St. Scholastic? It's a Catholic college. Yeah. So is there like a Catholic center?
4: There is a Catholic center. I would say that, um, the Catholic center really practices that diversity of the Catholic truths. And so, there is good in the center, but I think that it needs a lot of prayer to, to get back to its foundation of the Catholic faith. But one thing that I love at my college is the Students for Life Club. It is where I've flourished. I am so passionate about the pro-life movement, and I've met so many great people through it. And through that, I've met my best friends now. And we're still best friends today because of that. So, in,
3: so. I mean, in, in my, in, in, know, obviously I'm much older than, I actually, for the listeners, I actually went to high school with Bryn's mom. Not that I knew your mom back then, but I mean, we had a big <laughs> high school, but, uh, and so I obviously I come from a different generation than you, but I do remember I went to a Catholic college, you know, St. Mary's in Winona, you know, St. Mary's university as in the seminary, but any type of a Catholic group tended to be more liberal, yes. you know, and, and I don't like using the term liberal, but, uh. I do like the term conservative because it means you're conserving the church's teaching. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what the word conservative Mm -hmm. implies. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I suspect that when you went into, you said that it needs prayers. This is probably not just unique to St. Scholastica, but to any Catholic college. It's like uh, these Catholic organizations within the college can be challenging. Yes. Right? And not necessarily a good thing.
4: Yes. It's, um, again, just the idea that we want to welcome all people, but we want to welcome people to the truth of the faith we're not trying to welcome them into false faiths but i think that that's the challenge of the f- faith now is at my college is that we want to welcome so many people and they like some things they don't like some things so they start making new sects mm-hmm. you know of the church right. and that's not the truth right and so it's it's hard for me because i want the best for my college but i also want to be in the truth
3: yeah when so when i when when I was in college, the big thing was not like, you know, like, um, you know, sexual orientation or anything like that or race. It was always about ecumenism, like Methodist Lutheran. And so my line, I always used to say this, uh, I'd say that Catholicism cannot be sacrificed on the altar of ecumenism. Oh. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, the same thing would be for anything that you're facing in your college, like Catholicism cannot be sacrificed on the altar of sexual orientation. You know? Yes. And so that, you know, you mentioned earlier before the break about, how diversity is a beautiful thing, but in Catholic teaching, it's not a beautiful thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that happened to me was at, um, a freshman year, um, orientation and we were told to meet people and to state our pronouns. And that was the first time I had ever heard of that. And so I was turning around to people. I'm like, what, what does this mean? Why are they asking this? And then, you know, a couple of people were like, well, that's the thing. You know, now you have to say your pronouns. And I'm like, I'm not saying my pronouns. Like, that's not what I believe in. That's not the truth of the church. So why did they just mesh that in with the history of St. Scholastica and our Benedictine
2: values? And then they say, pronouns, let's talk about those now. It just, it doesn't really add up.
3: It's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> and, I, and I do. I have a child that's in Lake Superior Youth Choir and the same thing. It's He's being exposed to this at such an early age too. And you just... I don't even know how to talk to him about because I didn't really understand it myself. I'm like, what's this mean? And what are all these, you know, definitions? But, um, can you talk more about, for me, I have four boys that I kind of picked out a couple colleges. Although after talking to you, I feel safer sending wherever they want to go. Well, <laughs> uh, <brand new. laughs> well I think it's so important to find a Catholic community. I think that is amazing. And I think, Like submerging yourself into the Catholic uh, mass and getting, you know, just being effective in that area. What would you say, you know, because I know your mother and I just love her to death. (laughs) What would you say as far as upbringing? Like what, what did she do for you that you think sets you apart that allows you to go to this type of college and, and stay in your foundation? I mean, is there anything that sticks out in your mind? It wasn't
3: your mom, it was your dad.
2: (laughs) It was both of them. It was both of them. But My parents just instilled
4: for me to believe in what I believe in. And as long as I'm doing it respectfully, I, I, you know, I tell myself, I don't need to be loved by everyone in the world, but it only matters if I'm loved by God and my family, obviously, and my friends. But, you know, it's just, you need to just believe in yourself. And my mom always told me that. And she just told me to get deep into my faith. And my faith has gotten stronger, you know, um, because of all the challenges that I've had at college. So I don't want to make it sound like nothing is great from this. I am so much stronger as a Catholic individual because of what I've gone through in the past in college. And so today I'm much more confident in myself and I feel Every day I'm getting closer to God and it's a daily prayer and daily intentions when I'm doing my homework, you know,
2: and you're such an incredible person. I think you're able to go in and try to change the way that they're doing things. I think you're very smart on how you're doing this. And I think it could have lasting effects on maybe trying to change that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, so crazy right now.
4: Yeah, I've really tried to work with the campus ministry to try to get it back to its truths. Um, we have finally had adoration now weekly. And so that was a big step, Mm -hmm. um, and confessions. And so that those are things that I thought would just be kind of a given to the college and that students would know about. So I, I told, I told the campus ministry director, I'm like, I don't think people know about this, that this is going on. You know, it's not talked about as much as other clubs are talked about or as much as these other things are talked about. So it's just, I think people need to speak up about it. And I, I pray for the school because I want the best for it. I want it to be great for the future students going there.
3: You know, you'd you'd mentioned that it was not an all bad experience. I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, And I I also suspect that when you were facing people and college professors and other students that were like anti-Catholic or anti-church teaching, that it made you do homework on your homework, basically. Yeah. So you kind of had to learn more about your faith, right? Yes,
4: you do, because people really like arguing. And I think that with the media today... They really paint a picture of the Catholic Church. And so when I say the word Catholic and then I identify as that, people already have these ideas of what I am and what my church is, but they've never experienced the truth of the church. So I've had to do a lot of work into studying the church right. more than I ever have before, yeah. really.
3: Yeah, A lot of people think that they're anti-Catholic, but they're anti what they think is Catholic.
4: Yes, it's they don't know really the truth of the church. They just know what the professors have told them, which they think is the truth. Right. You know, because the professors teach that as the truth.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's certainly interesting. You know, I mean, I've been in Duluth for a long time, uh, as a, as a priest. And so I've, I've certainly been talking to college students all the years I've been in Duluth and there's always been a faithful group of kids at college at Saints Glasgow. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was, I started off in Duluth before father Mike was at Newman and so, and so like there was a lot of floundering all over the place, you know, and, and, and so, uh, I think it's always been this challenge for faithful college students to to keep that in the Catholic college experience. Now, in Duluth here, do you see a lot of the St. Scholastica kids going down to Newman?
4: Yes, yes. I think that's a really popular place for Scholastica people to come to Newman because they have such a rich Catholic faith and they do so many things together. So they really engage each other and get to know each other.
3: Yeah. And well, strengthen their faith. Well, Bryn, thanks for coming. I mean, you've been a you've obviously been a very uh, good and articulate guest, and so I want to thank you for for being on. It wasn't so nerve wracking after all. <laughs>
2: thanks, great. Uh, could use uh, but, another <laughs> half hour. Uh,
3: yeah, but but uh, keep uh, keep fighting the the fight for the faith. And i uh, um, uh, thanks for being our guest. Thank and, you
2: for thank having and
3: you. Ap- after yeah. we come back from the break, we'll have a little bit of straight talk. Your opportunity to call in. I think Bryn should stay here and answer these questions rather than me because she's so articulate on the theology. So, uh, but anyhow, uh, after the break, straight talk